Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of No Funk and Strictly Munkin', the only podcast where if Gandalf was one of our co-hosts, he would say, YOU SHALL NOT FUNK! I'm one of your co-hosts, Jay Christie, joined as always by Andre Barrera. Andre, how are you? I'm good, man. Um, I was about to start moaning. <laughs> oh, God. Money and work. We're not explain that. Um, just look up the Keith Stanfield moaning, and you'll understand what we were talking about before the pod. I realize, though, that now I'm going to have to go into movie quotes is where I'm going to have to do the last two seasons because I've run out of, like, fr- famous phrases that use the word no. Um, there's only so many. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think of something that I, I We've done a hundred of these. I really, it's not like I haven't put effort into it. Um, we have, like, what, 23 more episodes? Something like that, yeah. So I got to come up with more. Um, okay. And I only start thinking about, like, five minutes before uh, we uh, start going. So, um, you know. But we're not here to talk about how I do the intros of these shows. We're here to talk about Season 7, Episode 10, Mr. Monk's Other Brother. Uh, where we meet Mr. Monk's other brother. How do you feel about this episode? Uh, are there? Is this the last brother, like, for sure? Can yes, we, like, I'm 100% brother? sure, yes. There's only two, uh, two brothers. Well, I am a, a big uh, Steve Zahn uh, fan, so I was more mm-hmm. than happy to see him, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the episode was fine. It was cool. Yeah. I think, like, yeah. I think what, I think what's happening, which is what I've noticed, um, I guess I've noticed before, but I never like, articulated it, it's like now there isn't like clever murders anymore, mm-hmm. really. Like, it's yeah. just very, it's very like basic stuff. It's Correct. more like story driven. Yes, that is Which I kind of miss. Yes, I think that, and I would say this if Angie Breckman was on here, I think that season six and seven are definitely the weakest seasons of the show um, because they kind of lose the Sherlock Holmesian element of it. Um, yeah. And I think that. Um, I think that Monk works best when it is a Sherlock Holmes show with Monk's eccentricities and phobias as, like, elements to it and not a show where they explore Monk's eccentricities and phobias and the murder is the background on it. I don't think that it works as well. When I think the, if the majority of the episode is not about the murder, I think it's generally not a successful episode. Um, yeah, personally. I agree. But yeah, let's talk a little about Steve Zahn. I like Steve Zahn a lot. I think Steve Zahn one of those guys, though, that um, I think he's good if he's, like, below three on the call sheet. Because I feel like anything he's, like, really high up in, I think he's not good at. I'm not a... I don't think that he's, like... I'm not a fan of, like, Sahara, you know? I'm going to have to disagree on two examples. Sure. One, um, I think Saving Silverman is fucking hilarious. I've never actually seen Saving Silverman. Oh, I think it's great. I think it's, like, one of my favorite, like, comedy movies. I haven't mm-hmm. seen it in forever. I mean, it's Steve Zahn and Jack Black, right? Yeah. So, it's pretty good. Um, and then, secondly, there was, like, this random movie that came out not too long after Superbad that I don't think a lot of people saw, but it was called Strange Wilderness. Never saw that, but that's another movie I've heard is good. But I'll check that it's, out. It's, it's pretty funny, too. So It's uh, mostly, yeah. mostly just basing my take on Sahara and National Security, yeah, yeah, yeah. which I don't think are good movies. National Security? Is that the... That's the Martin Lawrence one? I think it's that. I think it's, I think it's Steve Zahn. Oh, okay, yeah. I haven't seen that, so... Yeah, I saw bits of it on cable, and it's uh, not that good. Um, but, uh... Is, is, is not is unbelievable. No, yeah, 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 yeah. He's in Steve Zahn. Steve Zahn is in National Security. But I think Steve Zahn is a good guy to have on the bench. Just, like, throw, you know, throw a couple innings, a little middle relievers. Like, ah, oh, Steve Zahn! I'm glad happy to see him. Um... Now, whereas John John Turturro looks a lot like Tony Shalhoub, Steve Zahn looks nothing like him. Yeah, yeah, that was, like, a little bit hard to believe. Um, He's got his mom's jeans. 
Yeah, clearly. Um, but yeah, like we said, we're big fans of him, so it was just it was good to have his energy on this episode because yes. he does bring a lot to the table. On, yes, and he that. has it, energy is a good way of putting it because he has a very specific energy, which I think is good. It's fun to watch Monk play off of because it's so antithetical to Monk as a character. But anyway, we start off with Monk making square pancakes. Um, which he makes completely not the way he should. He makes them as regular pancakes and then cuts off the edges. I would think he should just have a mold, like a cookie. Bowl. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I, I just like wh- why square? Is he like against circles too? Yes, like, that's that that's dude? a big thing. That's a big thing for him. He likes things that are square. Um, but anyway, he hears on the TV that there's a statewide manhunt for Joe Endicott, who uh, escaped from prison. Uh, the night before, and apparently killed a social worker named Lindsay Bishop on his uh, way escaping from prison. And uh, as Monk's preparing his pancakes, he hears some glass break, and he realizes there's an intruder. Um, and uh, it's none other than hairy and bearded Steve Zahn in uh, his prison getup. Yeah, I guess my only question would be, was this like still a time when people had phone books? Or like, how the hell would he have known where Monk lived? I mean, phone books still do exist. He probably could have found him in the phone book. I mean, the phone book definitely still exists in like 2008. I mean, phone books still. And I definitely think, and I definitely think that Monk would be the type of person to still be listed in a phone book. No, and also Monk clearly he takes cases outside of the police, so clearly he has his own LLC. In which case, he would need to legally provide an address. So, like, he's, Jack is not the only stranger to find. Like, strangers show up amongst her all the time. Yeah. No, that's true. That's. I mean, homeless people show up. Exactly. Yeah. Imagine if you look, if you go in the phone book and look for like detectives, his address is on there because it's not like he has an office. Um, but anyway, Monk is trying to get his gun to shoot the intruder, who of course came in through the window. Um, and uh-huh. and uh, he gets his the gun box, but it has a, a lock on it, which it should, which is good. That's responsible gun ownership. But yep. he can't open it, so instead he uses it as a blunt object. Yeah, which, you know, it's not a bad weapon to, like, use. I'm assuming they're pretty heavy-duty. They're mm-hmm. metallic, probably. So not the worst thing to uh, no. use as a weapon. Not a gun. Pinch. Not a gun, but still pretty good. But this not, is a, when... not a biscuit, not a biscuit, no. but a basket. It's a biscuit. It's like a... It's like a... The, um... It's kind of like the thing that uh, Pillbury Biscuits come in. You know, the little, uh... The, what's it called? I don't know. The, the cylinder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, uh... So then this is when Jax is like, I- I'm your brother. I'm Jack Jr. Dad must have told you about me. Which, of course, we learned in Mr. Monk and his dad that he uh, just was smoking weed, smoking doobies in uh, in the basement all the time. So, yes, we do know about him. Yeah. Um, so uh, my only question is, why did he pick the name Joe Endicott? No idea. But what I was going to say is, this is 2008 or 2007. There's zero... You can have fake identities, but you can't go to jail on a fake identity because you don't have a social security number. You can't go... Right. You can't... It's just... I, that, that, that completely strange credibility. Like, they would know that you weren't... Joe Endicott doesn't have... Like, it's just not a real person. The, the government is not that stupid. I mean, the government's why not smart, I not but... Even think of, why did I not even think about that? Yeah, I was like... I, that, I, that was the name I was using at the time. It's like, yeah, but, like, what happened when they were booking you and they couldn't find, like, a birth certificate <laughs> because you don't exist? Yeah, anyways, a lot of questions to be asked. We're not going to get the answers, so... And why did he use Joe um, Endicott? Honestly, I don't know. It's It sounds like a real enough name. I mean, um, 
I grew up where I lived in New York when I was originally uh, when I was first born. There was an Endicott Street nearby. I had some friends who lived on it, so maybe he had an Endicott Street near here where he grew up. So maybe that's why. You should have just named him like Joe Vinton if we were keeping Joe, it. Oh, uh, Joe Vinton, or yeah, 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 great stuff. But anyway, um, Monk is calling nine one one, and nine one one stays on the phone for a really long time despite not hearing anything back. Um, and usually they'll just dispatch someone anyways if you exactly. do that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, correct. Um, uh, excuse me. Apparently, uh, Jack Sr. Um, bailed on Jack Jr. as well 10 years after he bailed on Monk, which really just, like, really just a sh- really shitty guy. Jack Monk Sr. is just, like, a truly bad guy. Um, not a fan. Dan Hedaya. Yep. Yeah. Your boy. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll claim Dan Hedaya, the actor, as my boy, but Jack McSean just truly, like, a, just a deadbeat dad double, like, two times. Right. So, so yeah, obviously, as we all have questions about how this could possibly be the case that he's his half-brother, um, you know, Monks kind of starts uh, questioning him and asking him, like, a few things that he would know would prove that he actually has mm-hmm. a, a relationship with Jack Sr. Um and he asked him what his favorite song is, which he says it's Ain't Misbehaving, which... I didn't write it down. Who is that? Who is that no, by? No okay. No I'm okay. not... I, music is the thing that I have probably the least knowledge in. Um, I don't know. I just Especially classic music just didn't really grow up around the... It's Fats Waller. Okay. And then secondly, he asked him how he took his coffee, which, um, you know, I'm not going to fault someone for liking a little bit of whiskey in their coffee. There definitely is – this is the thing, and I'm going to copyright this, a visual gag that I've always wanted to put in something. And I I actually – my comedy brain doesn't really work on a super high parody level. Like I usually like more grounded comedy. But if I were to do a spoof movie, I would have like a detective come in to uh, their office and on the counter would be like a big bottle of whiskey and they pour uh, – their coffee cup almost all the way up with whiskey and they get to their desk look around open up their drawer and there's a pot of coffee and they put a splash of coffee in the whiskey <laughs> it's a visual gag I've always wanted to do <laughs> that's actually pretty solid man with respect it, I'll say this it, you shouldn't like coffee so much in excuse me you shouldn't like whiskey so much in your coffee that your son who by the time you left was like 8 knows that <laughs> like that's just not yeah that's not, um, I had a teacher. I had a teacher in high school who did that. His name was, and I hate to push the stereotype, but his name was Miss uh, Mr. Murphy, and he was uh, straight from Ireland. In school, he would just straight up put some whiskey in his coffee. Yeah, he like only a few of us knew that he did, but yeah, he did. That's wild. Drinking yeah, on the job he in was, school. He was a wild guy. I remember I ran into him at the movie. Th- me and my friends ran into him at the movie theaters. Like I think while we were still in high school, and. He was watching a movie, and then we were all leaving the, the, the theater at the end, and we all had our trash that we were going to throw off, throw away, and he fucking slam he like pushes my arm down and slams all the trash on the floor, and I'm just like, yo, what the fuck, man? And he's like, no slobs, no jobs. So, just goes to show you what a stand-up guy Mr. Jeez. Murphy was. That reminds me of, and I'm not going to say his name, because this is speculation, but there was a, a teacher who was also a coach of a sport, um... That, but it was like an individual sport, and apparently when they would go to like meets and stuff, he would, whenever they go any like restaurant or something like that, he would get like fucking loaded in front of all the kids and like drive home. Um, shouts to him. Once again, that's speculation, I'm not going to say the name, because uh, that would be yeah. libelous. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, so this is when Jack Jr. wants to hug, and of course Monk doesn't want to hug because he's dirty. Um, 
And but we also learn what uh, Jack got put in uh, put in the pen for. Yeah, he got put in the pen for selling cars. Um, you know, not a crime in and of itself, but it does become a little bit of an issue if you're selling a car that doesn't belong to you. Yeah, it's yeah less than ideal. Um, and Monk is like, okay, fine, but you killed a woman last night. I, you can't stay here. And he insists, no, I've never hurt anybody. I'm a grifter. I'm a lovable rogue. Yeah, I mean, and you know what? Like, we don't know this guy very well, but uh, it doesn't seem the type to be a killer, for sure. No, I don't know if Steve Zahn could ever play a killer, honestly. Um, Incredibly. Yeah. Um, and uh, I do love that Monk says that lovable, that no one calls themselves a lovable rogue. Um, yeah. And, you know, Jack insists, you know, I could be halfway to Paraguay by now, um, but I need your help. I didn't kill that woman. Um, you know, and so he's talking about how it sucked that she was already dead by the time he crawled out of that sewer, which, of course, Monk, that stops Monk in his tracks. Yeah, um, you know, uh, to be fair, as soon as I would have found out that detail, I would have been like, yeah, you need to hop in the shower, like, ASAP, brother, like, mm-hmm. I don't care. And then, once he was in there, I would have called the police on him right then and there. Yeah, um, yeah, I, 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 I get Monk's hesitation, but it is like, man, you, I, I, I understand intellectually that he's family, but if it was a family member I never met before, and all evidence pointed them to murdering a woman, I wouldn't be like, well, you know, we share DNA, it's like, you know what I mean? Like, I just, it just doesn't mean anything to me. Yeah, I'm not giving him the benefit of the doubt at that moment in time. He needs to come with some compelling evidence right off rip. Exactly. And so um, he gets in the shower, and then he comes out, and would you know it, uh, his hair's cut and his beard is shaved because he's got to be in disguise because, you know, there's the classic thing that prison people do in prison escape movies is they, have their, they grow their hair and beard out, so then when they get out, they can shave it, and they don't raise suspicion. Yeah, um, and you know he, to his credit, he um, he does look very different when he's fully, mm-hmm. you know, with the long hair and the facial hair. Mm-hmm. I mean, the facial hair less so because he does have like a flesh-colored beard, so you can't really tell. But the long hair, cutting that off, definitely goes a long way to making him look, uh, you know, mm-hmm. a little different. Yeah, and so he wants Monk to investigate his case because basically. The woman who was killed was Lindsay Bishop, the social worker, and he knows that if he goes back to prison, well, this is what he's saying, that if he goes back to prison and they think he killed her, they'll kill him because she was, like, the most beloved person in the prison. Yeah, I mean, you know, social workers tend to be, you know, very well-respected people um, for the most part, so um, why a a bunch of, uh, you know, prisoners that are, like, in, you know, prison for a serious crime, why they would care about that, it's less less believable to me. I mean, I don't know. I think it depends. If, like, she was, like, helping them, like, you know, arrange uh, parole stuff or whatever. Like, I don't know. I think that there's... I don't know how prison justice works, believe it or not. I don't know if you guys are surprised to hear this about me. But I could definitely see, like, if the person who was, like, helping people send, like, money to their families or, like, letters to their long-lost kids was murdered, I think that he... Jack Jeter might not get murdered, but he would definitely get the shit. He would be, like, persona non grata, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I almost kind of thought in some way like this this whole thing was going to lead to like her having some sort of affair with a, in a, with a prisoner. Mm-hmm. Um, and that ends up not being the case, but it's as close as you possibly can mm-hmm. be to that. Yes. And so Jack makes himself a sandwich. Um, and so then he, he's, he's forced to explain how he got out of prison. And uh, it's pretty typical. He used a spoon to get dig a hole. Um, 
He used two, uh, 87 spoons to be... Right, 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 right. And then he crawled through the sewer, and when he got out, he saw the car. He's like, ooh, I can hotwire this. But bad news for him, uh, the car wasn't as empty as he thought. Yeah, just like, uh, you know, uh, Willie T was, uh, you know, posted up inside of a fridge. Uh, Lindsay Bishop was posted up inside of her car and just comes rolling out upon the door being open. Yes. And then a guard sees him and opens fire and he runs away. Um, and uh, Dan Monk's like, okay, you definitely did it. Like, this is one of the odds that you, uh, someone murdered her in the parking lot and you just happen to stumble out at the same time. Um and so the monk is going to call uh, the police again, but monk's like, just just let me call my mother, Darlene Monk in Amarillo, Texas. Um, remember the old times. Right, and, uh, you know, they don't have a lot of old times. Uh, the only one that they have is when uh, monk almost uh, caved his head in with the gun, uh, mm-hmm. gun case. Yes. But so then, it's a start. Yes. So Jack gets his mother on the phone. And she is, you know, beside herself about what Monk, what Adrian is looking to do. Um, what? I'm sorry? That she's just like, she cannot believe that Adrian Monk is going to turn in his half-brother. Right. Um, yeah, exactly. And she kind of like, they start to like basically do, and he's smart enough to have placed his phone call on speaker, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to maximize the shaming uh, potential on Monk. Um, but regardless, he would have had to have had like a pretty good idea of who was he, he was going to call after getting out of jail. So he had a sort of plan. So I'm actually kind of yeah. impressed by that. And so, uh, Darlene, quote unquote, ends up speaking to Monk and Monk reluctantly agrees to help because he's kind of guilted into it. And then we cut to the scene of the crime, um, outside the correctional facility and, uh, Jack is there with Natalie in the distance, and Stahlmeier asks, who is that? And what is the cover story that they give of who Jack is? The cover story is that Jack is, uh, well, his name is Jack, yes, but his last name is Gretzky. Um, any relation to the hockey player? No, not in this case. Maybe to Paulina Gretzky. Uh, mm-hmm. Is Paulina Gretzky related to No idea. I didn't like, give him but, no, okay. but who, what's Monk's explanation of how he knows Jack, though? Right, yeah, it's his pen pal. Uh, to which... I mean, I, okay, let's just get it out of the way. Have you, I assume you have never had a pen pal. In, like, third grade, I think I had one, like, through school or something like that, but that's it. Uh-huh. I had a pen pal that I met off of, like, a chat room on Yahoo.com or something, like, Damn. in 2000 and, like, oh, my God, like, 2001, 2000, maybe? Wow. And you, you were sending letters, like, you used to write? Yeah, I used to write letters and stuff. Like, not even emails. Like, write actual letters, and I would send them to... I think she lived in Bakersfield? Um, mm. Yeah, it was a very interesting time. It was, like, very cool and stuff, but it was always, like, one of those, like, teenage things where you're just like, oh, well, if you're ever in Bakersfield, maybe we'll go out on That is interesting. Because yeah. while I'm a big fan of the Arcade Fire album, The Suburbs, I think this, there's a song on it called We Used to Wait, which is about kids waiting for letters to arrive from pen pals. And I always thought, like... I'm like I always listen to it with like that's you know when someone like writes a, makes a movie or something or writes something where they write about like a universal experience but it's like I think you just did that I was just like I feel like when Butler you were the only ones I don't think a lot of teens were sending letters to people but I guess they were I guess I'm wrong yeah no I mean it was it was a thing it was a thing for a while so shouts to pen pals 
But anyway, uh, I do like a little note that... Did you see what hat uh, Jack Gretzky's wearing? Yeah, he's wearing a San Jose Sharks hat. Which, is, of course, Monk got. Mr. Monk makes a friend when they went to the Sharks. Yeah. Yes, Andy Richter. Yeah. And I do love that Monk's is the reason he ever mentioned it. Well, the, the, sorry, Jack is talking to Natalie. And the reason that Monk never mentioned Jack is because he didn't want to break the pen pal code. Yeah, um, and I, what the code... I, I would love to see all the other kinds of things that are would be on the pen pal code. Um, maybe we'll save it for another time. Maybe we yeah. should start pen paling. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I'll gladly pen pal with anyone. Um, I mean, I would just... The problem is now with the internet, it's like, why would I bother? I could just, uh, you know, text someone, but still. Um, yeah. Anyway, we then meet Tom Bennett and Dan Reese. Tom Bennett is the warden. Dan Reese is, like, a guard. Yes. And, of course, Dan Reese is played by none other than Titus Welver. Bosh himself. Got any big Titus W thoughts? Um, I, mostly that I just remember, I think he was, like, a real piece of shit in Gone Baby Gone? Yes, he is. He's a real piece of shit in Gone Baby Gone. He's also... I didn't watch, I didn't watch Lost. I, I watched, like, a season of it, so I don't think I got to the point where he was on there. Um, He's also a real piece of shit in The Town. Uh, well, not actually a real piece of shit. He's much more of a piece of shit in Gone Baby Beyond. Although you could say that I, basically every single character outside of Casey Affleck and Michelle Monaghan is a real piece of shit in Gone Baby Beyond. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, like, yeah. even, like, the mother of the girl who gets kidnapped is not great. Um, right. Um, Wait, where, is your, is your, for whatever, okay, like, I assume, like, Bosch is, like, a, like, a parent show. Is, is, are my you dad. Okay, fucking, yeah. I, okay, can I actually redo a conversation? So we I discussed this, right? I might have. Actually, I don't know if I did, but it doesn't matter. I'll, uh, people repeat podcasts on story all, people repeat stories on podcasts all the time. Let me find yeah. uh, my conversation with my dad. So, Bosch recently ended, and so I uh, tweeted um, a screenshot of a conversation I had with my dad um, about Bosch. And so, basically, I texted my dad... Um, Hi, Dad. I just wanted to check in and make sure you're all right mental health-wise since Bosch is now over. I'm sure this is a tough time for you. I'm here if you need me. And I tweeted a screenshot of that with, check in on your parents. And he responded almost immediately, I know, period. I binge-watched it on Sunday and now that I'm pissed that it's over. <laughs> How many seasons did Bosch get? Seven. And then I said, uh, and I said, I'm sorry, I heard they're doing a spinoff. Is that true? And he says, that's so funny. I started to text that, I started to write another text saying, I hope there's a spinoff. At the end, they show him getting his PI license from the state. I was hoping it was foreshadowing. <laughs> Which I just love that I made a joke that check on your dad to see if, Bosch, if he's okay. And he had already watched all of it. And I texted him that on like a Tuesday. It's okay. Just tell him he can start watching Goliath or something else like that. Goliath? I don't know if you watched it, but he did watch, um, what was it, uh, Patriot, which is the other uh, Am another Amazon show. My dad has watched every dad show. Although he a lot, a I, lot heard of Patri he I heard Patriot's good. Patriot apparently is good. But he watched a lot of them. Um, but he's not always in on all of them. Like, I think he like fell off on Yellowstone, which is... Because I think my dad is not, like, uh, not... Um, he doesn't have that, like, big sky stuff. It's not as, it's not as uh, wistful for him. He's not as interested. But anytime that there's a cop who plays by his own rules, I mean, he's there. Okay, all right. Anyway, uh, Dan was apparently the guy who shot at him, uh, shot at Jack, and um, it wasn't that unusual for Lindsay to be there that late, because she worked late a lot, she cared a lot about the prisoners. Yeah, you know, she was a very loved woman, um, we all know that, as, you know, as Jack explained previously. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, they're going through all that, and basically, Dan, well, I'm sorry, did you already say, like, you went through, like, what Dan said, yeah, that he heard? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. So, yeah, he heard a woman screaming and whatever, and she was killed, and he turned on the lights, and that's when he saw Jack. And, uh, you know, as uh, we'll find out later, Dan is just a horrible shot, man. This guy needs to work yeah. on his mark. Which is ironic, because if I remember correctly, Bosch is, like, was a Gulf War sniper. Well, originally he was a Vietnam War sniper, but obviously as all these things happen... As, like, fiction gets adapted, they have to change the wars, because Titus Welliver is... He's older, but he's not 80. Um, yes, yes. But anyway, uh, the, they find the murder weapon, which is a knife made out of a spoon, but there's a little problem that it's not a regular, like, prison issue spoon. It's made out of sterling silver. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's, uh, it's, it's a good clue. It's a good clue to have, because it uh, eliminates a lot of possibilities. But the warden just says, ah, it must have been smuggled in. Which maybe it was. I don't know. You know, people can smuggle in a lot of stuff. Maybe someone swallowed a balloon, brought in a cake. Um, yeah. You bake him a cake and put a file in it, for sure. Exactly. I've always wanted to see if that's ever happened. Uh, someone has to try that pretty often. Like, there's definitely... that. that has, well, at least once a year, someone has to try that. You know? Um, put a file in a cake. Um, yeah. We need, like, one of those shows. Like, instead of, like, 100 Ways to Die, like, 100 Ways People Have Tried to Escape from Prison. Yeah. Like, just... Dumb, I, I just want to talk about dumb criminals that try to do stuff that they see in a movie. Because, um, like, obviously, they have metal detectors um, now. And uh, they, also, the file in the cake is, like, one of those um, one of those things that can only work once. <laughs> like, the first person who does it. Like, from then on, it's like, okay, if someone's bringing in a big cake. Uh, anyway. Yeah, yeah, you only get one time. One yeah. chance. So, some dogs show up, some German Shepherds, some tracking dogs. And they got a Jack's got to run because obviously they're smelling him. Um, they go to a diner and then Jack, ever the playboy, he starts flirting with the waitress in a language that I didn't recognize. Which apparently it's uh, Guarani, which is an, one of the two official languages of Paraguay. Yeah, you know, um, usually the the reference point here for anything like Hispanic related, yeah, uh, or, or Latin America related, mm-hmm. and uh, did not know this was a thing. Um, Mm-hmm. I believe it, sure, of course. I um, looked it up. It is. It's actually one of the few. It's one of the most uh, commonly still spoken native languages ever because it's not a Spanish-based language. It's a Native American language. It's one of the most po- popular in the Americas still because obviously there are not a ton left. But um, it's official. Probably, like language- no, probably like no wall or something. Yeah, but it's it's uh, still spoken a lot in Paraguay and then in bordering areas of Brazil and Argentina. Um, anyway. Got it. Uh, but he says he loves Paraguay. They have the most beautiful women in the world. Um, and, uh, you know, that's to be debated. But, you know, good for him that he has a, a place that he wants to go. Um, and that he's bilingual. That He speaks more languages than I can. I mean, yeah, I, I'm, I'm bilingual, but I, I just can't imagine that... Um no, uh, sorry, Gorani is going to take you very many places except for Paraguay, but we'll find well, out he why. Oh, he yeah, he doesn't need there. it to go anywhere else. Um, but anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, Monk notes that uh, there's blood splatter all over the car, uh, all over Lindsay's car, but none on Jack's clothes when he escaped from prison. So that leads Monk to really think that more likely than not, Jack didn't kill her, um, which means that he was framed because it obviously was all too convenient if he didn't kill her, you know? Yes. Um, okay, but my question is, um, is it blood spatter? Blood splatter? It's blood spatter. I just misspoke. It's, it's splatter. I mean, excuse me, it's okay. spatter. Spatter, it's spatter, it's spatter. Okay. Okay. Um, but Monk then asks, like, okay, but so if you were framed, who knew about what you're doing? And he's like, well, nobody knew. Oh, oh okay, Shiv knew. Um, and uh, who is Shiv? 
she's the youngest daughter of uh, Logan Roy. Um, I knew oh, you were going to that. Of course. I mean, come on. Come on. Come on. Yeah, shout out uh, to Sarah no. Snook. Um, but no, who is Shiv in this context? Shiv, uh, Shiv, I, wait. Uh, funny enough, his last name is Shiv Logan, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh right, good okay. point. Good point. Yeah, it's Shiv yeah. Logan. Uh, yeah, it's his. It's his. He has a cell. He does have a cellmate. Yeah, he said that he to... didn't have a cellmate. He lied. Yeah, I mean, technically he's right now, uh, but we'll find out why he's technically correct about not having a cellmate. Yes. Um, but yeah, he he was a cellmate, and apparently he's the one that had done all the dirty work. Literally, he's the one that built uh, built the tunnel, and like a fucking idiot, shows the first guy who sh- who on his first night sharing a cell with him. He shows him the tunnel, and sure enough, Jack, ever the opportunist, mm-hmm. knocks him out, and he's the one that decides he's mm-hmm. going to escape. Yeah. And so Monk's obviously really disappointed in uh, Jack because he lied to him about the cellmate thing. And Monk's like, well, i got to go talk to Shiv. And Jack points out, correctly, you can't talk to Shiv because then he'll know. He'll be onto him because the only way that Monk would know that Shiv had this plan originally is if he talked to Jack. Right. Exactly. So instead, he decides he's gonna basically pawn it off to Stottlemyre to mm-hmm. ask about it, yep. while they go follow up their second lead, which is going to Lindsay Bishop's house. Yes, and they do that by uh, Jack Junior pretends to be Lindsay's brother, um, and uh, you know he. Uh, I think he, he's. You can tell he's a good con man because. I'm not very good at conning because I get anxious and I also feel horrible about lying to people. But there's a thing, I don't know exactly how to put it, but like one of the keys to being a con person is to take whatever people's doubts are and then add them to your story, basically. That's when he's talking yeah. to the landlord and the landlord says, um, she, I didn't know she had a brother. And he's crying a lot. So he's like, that's like weird. He's like, why are you crying so much? And he's like, yeah, we weren't close. That's why I'm so sad because I never was able to make it up to her. You know what I mean? He uses the fact that they weren't like... Because normally I think a lot of people would be like, oh, uh, she never mentioned me, and that's not how you work. Works. You yes and always. So he's clearly been around the block a few times. Yeah, he's a smart guy. Um, you know, he thinks on his feet relatively, uh, you know, very easily. Mm-hmm. Um, it almost makes you wonder how he managed to get himself caught. Yeah. I do love that once they get inside and he stops fake crying and goes, wow, he was a nice guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so Monk is looking around with his hands, and of course Jack admires that. Um, and Monk finds some watches, some other knickknacks, um, and Jack is literally stealing change off of a table, which, man, you're down bad if you're stealing change. I mean, he's got nothing, right? I that mean, is true. Yeah, he, he's, he needs a contingency plan. You're not going to get to Paraguay, uh, you know, on credit. I yes. guess you could, but, like, not his kind of credit. No, and, and uh, oh, you're not looked at, I looked up what the name of the uh, currency in Paraguay is. You know what it's called? It's also uh, called, it's called the Gorani. It's the same thing. No shit. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Paraguay. Um, and, uh, you know, everyone, if we got any listeners in Asuncion, uh, please reach out. Um, yes, please. Anyway, uh, then they look at the photos all around the desk, and there are a bunch of just random pictures that suck. Like, they just do not look like photos that you'd hang up. Yeah, yeah, and it's funny because I saw it and I was just like, wait, what the fuck is going on here? Like, mm-hmm. But sure enough, that's meant to be found out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, they basically, all the pictures are out of frame, or sorry, out of focus. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Monk finds a different photo underneath, like... He finds basically stuff. a photo that's similar to the other ones. It's like, oh, these must be just ones that were discarded. Yeah, like outtakes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, 
so yeah, it, it clearly somebody had been in there after she was killed in order to like mess up some evidence. Someone's trying to cover up um, that there was. It, it, it seems like there was like some sort of affair or something, and they to needed, cover up like, who what those photos actually were originally. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Now I would have just taken the whole picture frames down, but that's just me. Um, yeah, that's a way smarter idea for sure. Yeah, uh, and uh, you know, she, Jack is incredibly impressed by Monk's powers of deduction. Um, and says, you know, we make a pretty good team. The Monk Brothers. I, I would sign up for that show. Yeah, the Monk Brothers bring back Steve Zahn and Tony Shalhoub, the, the, uh, the, the, the team everyone wants to see. And Ambrose. Oh, yeah, and Ambrose, he's like the guy in the chair. He's like working on stuff. He's, on he's the a computer. dispatcher. Exactly. And then we cut to Monk trying to sleep, and Jack is watching The Incredible Shrinking Man. Um, and uh, he's, of course, got a Paraguay brochure. And they sit down, like, they talk a little bit, because apparently their dad loved the movie. Um, and Monk is about to sit down, but he, of course, has a vacuum all around Jack. But then they have a nice moment where they're watching a film together, presumably on Turner Classic Movies. Yeah, because uh, I don't think the Criterion Collection existed just yet. Well, I mean, they don't. it does exist. The, the Criterion Collection did exist, but you the, need the uh, physical the, copies. The fucking app, man. Yeah, Come yeah, on. yeah. Yeah. You know that Turner Classic Movies used to be run out of a ba- – it was literally one guy out of a basement in Ted Turner's house where he had all the tapes and he ran it off of like a VCR and broadcast it out of his house. And sometimes you- Ted Turner was – the movie that was on, he didn't want – like he would go downstairs in like a robe and just be like, hey, turn it to this movie and the movie would change halfway through. Was he just like chained to like his fucking radiator or something? No. He, was, he worked. He, it, was just, it was just like a one guy working there. Or maybe I think one guy at a time, but it was literally just like a dude in his basement. Um, you know, good job. Okay. Yeah, All right. a little fun fact. Good to know. And a thing that we learned is that uh, they both put cinnamon on their popcorn, which I've never done, but it sounds like it's probably good. Yeah, that's not the worst thing I've heard. I think I definitely remember someone. Um, what they used to do? They used to put. Uh, it's like a, it's like a minty, minty chocolate kind of mm. candy. Uh, what do they call those? Those that they sell at movie theaters. Minty chocolate candy, yeah, it's junior like, mints. Like base, yeah, junior mints. They they would put junior mints in the popcorn. I wouldn't do that, but uh, um, have you ever had a uh, kettle corn though? Yeah, I love kettle corn. Oh, kettle corn's great. Big fan. Do I do I like it more than popcorn? No, but it's okay. uh, that's hard. I probably do. I probably like kettle corn more than popcorn. wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. It's not. It's not like a big gap, but I remember at um. The local minor league baseball team in town, the Charlotte Stone Crabs, um, which you know, great, great name for a, a single A team. You know, what I mean, you got to have like an animal that is way too far down the bottom of the barrel to be a regular team. They would sell bags of kettle corn that were truly the size of like an eight year old child, um, and we would just buy it and bring it home. We'd have like a little bit during the game, and then just bring it home and have kettle corn for like a week and a half. Great stuff. What's What's the best minor league uh, team name in uh, Florida? That you in can Florida. Um, I actually don't know. Off the top of my head, I don't know because I don't really didn't go to a ton of other minor league baseball teams, and also a lot of them, a lot of them in Florida are the single A affiliates, and they have the same name as the uh, uh, major league team. Which this is my one of my big soapbox things, and I just give me a second. You know how the G League, the NBA G League exists. I hate, mm-hmm. hate, 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 hate how so many of the teams are just the same name. Like, why would you ever, why would you waste the opportunity for, like, selling merchandise? I'm never going to buy, like, a Westchester Knicks hoodie because they're the same fucking team. But if it was, like, the Westchester, the Westchester, like, Black Foxes, I might buy it because it's a different team. 
And I hate also yeah. like so many of them are in the same city. Like the fucking Chicago team is like uh, the like if they're also in Chicago. It's like why are you not giving like a small city in Illinois the opportunity to have a basketball team? Yeah, they're kind of like uh, no. I, I I'm I'm one hundred percent on board with you. Absolutely. Um, I think the Lakers one used to be the the L.A. Defenders. Yeah, and now it's the South Bay Lakers. Yeah, it's real lame. You're right. It blows. And, like, the yeah. one I love is that, and I don't think they're ever going to change, the Sioux Falls Sky Force, which apparently, like, because it's in a city, it's a, like, a small size city, but it's still a city, and they have their own branding, and apparently they sell out, like, every game, and, like, people in Sioux Falls love having the Sky Force, and it's not, like, whereas if you have a team, like, the Chicago Bulls team, which is, like, the Windy City Bulls, or something like that, which just play in, like, another arena in Chicago, no one's going to those games, if you want to go to a basketball game, you go to a fucking Bulls game, but if you're in Sioux Falls, you want to go to a basketball game, you go to a Sky Force game, anyway, unrelated, but it's just something that pisses me off so fucking much. Anyway. Is Sioux Falls in South Dakota or something? Of course it's in South Dakota. So whose minor league affiliate are they? Um, I actually forgot. The Timberwolves? Uh, uh, I think so. Sioux Falls, Sky Force. Because that would fucking suck. What do you mean? They don't really go... uh, Like, no, like, can you imagine, like, you know, not being, like... Oh, no, they're, uh, sorry, they're actually, uh, they actually are the the Heat team. (laughs) Okay, exactly, that's even worse. Can you imagine going from Miami and getting taxis between fucking Sioux Falls and Miami? True, but there's not that much. Like, most players don't. There's really, like, two or three players a year that really go in between. Because most of the roster is there the entire time. Yeah, two-way players. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, anyway. Um, So, uh, Monk is like, you know, did we have a good father? And the answer is, of course, no. Um, And was he terrible? Yes. Uh, And, you know, Jack is right. He's like, we got robbed. And they did get robbed. Even though they both, you know, Monk turned out as a great detective, they were robbed a good childhood. Yeah, um, in the middle of all this happening, um, you know, Jack mentions that, uh, sorry, Jack Jr. mentions that Jack Sr. didn't didn't try to bail him out, he didn't go to his court case, and he just basically hasn't been the same guy ever since mom passed away. No, since mom died. Cause then, since, since mom died. died? Since mom died. Her oh, hair. right. Yeah. And so we learned so, that the woman on the phone was, was that your girlfriend? No, it was not his girlfriend. Who was it? Uh, it was uh, a girl, a friend with benefits. Great. And so Monk then calls Leland to come right away and bring his handcuffs. Yeah. He doesn't say what for, but no. luckily for him. Yes. And then Jack is basically banging on the floor. He's, you know, crying. And uh, Monk rightly is like, are you allergic to the truth? Because he just, he just can't help himself from lying. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he's a con man, so what do you expect from the guy? But, you know, he... He's a liar, sure. He's he's definitely a liar, but he's not a killer. And I guess that's an important distinction to make. That is a good... Yeah, because liars are not always killers, and killers are not always liars. Yeah. I, I just, That sounded profound, when I, but it's also not. It's kind of just nonsense. Um, it's not nonsense. It's just obvious. But anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, Jack is kind of guilt, Monk, by saying, like, if you put me back in there, you'll be killing your own brother. Can you live with that? And Monk says, I live with worse, which, true. Um, yeah. And uh, he gives, like, and then there's a one last plea when Stonemaier's at the door. He says, You'll always be my big brother. Um, and then Stonemaier. Yeah. It's effective. It is. Stonemaier says, What's up? And what does Monk tell Stonemaier? He tells him it was a false alarm and that he can just ignore him and be on his way, basically. So you don't, okay. Because the, the specifics of this is something I remember a lot from this episode. I've only seen this episode okay. like two or three times, and I always remember, I thought it was a prowler, but it was just Jack. 
And then my son right. goes to Jack. Right. He's crying. He's like, are you crying? He's like, how would you feel if your pen pal thought you were a prowler? Yeah, 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 true. Um, so that's enough for Solomon to just be like, all right, well, if I get home within 20 minutes, I could forget that this ever happened. Mm-hmm. But he does have an update about Shiv Logan. And it's that they need to bark up another tree because Shiv got shipped. He did. He got killed in the rec room. Um, and uh, so that means that someone is on to something. So let me go to right. uh, Dr. Bell, who Monk asked a hypothetical question of if he was housing a fugitive. Um, uh, what, what, and it, but he immediately like, breaks the hypothetical and explains that he is housing Joe Endicott, a.k.a. Jack Jr. Yeah, and, you know, Dr. Bell tries to, like, talk some sense into him, basically. tells He basically implies that you shouldn't trust him because, at the end of the day, he's, like, a criminal, right? Like, he's not super sympathetic to the situation. Mm-hmm. Um and and to to Monk's credit, like he kind of goes, he bristles against the advice, and he does a good thing for somebody in spite of like the one person you would think would be most qualified to tell you about what to do, like in his situation. Um, he goes against that, and he chooses family, much like Dom Toretto, much like Dominic Toretto. Um, but the thing about, of course, with I took your gag from you. I know, but the thing about Dominic Toretto, which Monk doesn't realize, is that Dominic Toretto would know that even before Jack Jr. entered his life, he already had family. Because he knows that family is just who's around you. That any of your right. friends can be family. Um, right. Exactly. And uh, shouts to Dominic Trejo. Any Anyone that works at Olive Garden, and you're, when, you're, when you're here, you're family. Is that I, their slogan? Yes, it is. And honestly, okay. I just love Dom's approach to life. Like, just if someone is, like, if I'm in a close proximity with someone for more than, like, a day, they're family. Do I think that that's a little overboard? Sure. But is that better? I think that that's a better than the alternative. Anyway. Um, I think I think that they, they quickly don't make the cut of being family if they don't bring a fresh six-pack of Coronas. That is true. That is true. Um, but yeah, I just love how, like, it, the... the, the comparison I made after I saw Fast 9, which I think is true, is it's really like a, a old-school RPG, where anyone you meet can join your party and just start fighting. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's great. True. I love that. Like, you know, all, any other movie series, the fact that, like, the Natalie Emanuel's character is in Seven kind of as just, like, the, the goal of it is to find her. And she's not that big of an actress. She's, like, you know, 10th build on Game of Thrones. Any other movie series would kind of just move on from her and be like, yeah, she's doing her own thing. It's like, no, now she's integral to the story. She has her own big set piece in Fast 9. I fucking love it. Anyway. Anyway, anyway. Love those movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I do love that Monk's like, you know, I all I wanted was a real family. Um, and Dr. Rob points out you do have a real family, basically saying that what you're doing with now is what real families deal with. Yeah, and um, and so he mentions I forgot how it comes up, but <clears throat> somehow the topic of <clears throat> Paraguay comes up, mm-hmm. and you know Dr. Nevin Bell he reads the papers or he's very up. No, to... it's because he he goes to prisons. He does. Oh right, 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 right. And he realizes that maybe the reason why Jack is so interested in Paraguay and Guarani and all that stuff is because of their new extradition policy. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know if Batman lives in this world, but you should know that if he does exist in this world, that's not going to stop anybody. It's not going to stop him from extraditing your ass. No, and we're still in the Bush administration, and we know about uh, the our old extradition policy back then. I mean, we probably still do it, but, you know, that's obviously yeah. what the Dark Knight was doing. Um, yeah. And so it's because, yeah, he, he can't get extradited from Paraguay unless he committed murder, um, which... Uh, Is why he's trying to clear his name on this case. Exactly. And so then we cut to Jack swindling Natalie out of money for a fake charity, which, you yeah. know, you gotta do what you gotta do. Um, sure, but, like, Natalie, come on, man. Like, yeah, she's uh, 
yeah, yeah. You've uh, you guys have dealt with plenty of people with fraud and murder and stuff. Like you gotta have your radar's gotta be a little better than that. And so then Monk comes in and is just starts yelling at him, and um, this is when they he, he admits to Natalie that he's not his pen pal. He's none other than Jack Monk Jr. Yeah, and uh, you know Natalie's actually a little upset that she ha- that he hadn't mentioned it to her previously. But I mean, understandably, I think. Yeah, understandably, of course. But also, in a sense, it's better to have not involved her in this because then she's on the hook. Yeah, yeah I think they're both so, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, he's still carrying him a new one, and um, you know, in the middle of. Because uh, Jack Jr. has this line where he, when he tells the truth, he says, hand to God. Mm-hmm. And Monk says, you know, nobody wants to see your hand. Or God doesn't want to see your hand. But while he's doing the motion, he notices that he's got, he's got a nice watch on. Mm-hmm. When, where would he have gotten that from? Well, he stole it from Lindsay Bishop's house, um, a dead woman. And uh, Monk looks at the watch, and it clearly has a monogram on it of some kind. Um, right, and, and Jack's reasoning, it's like, she's not going to miss it because it's clearly a man's watch. Exactly. It's not, it, it's not her watch, so exactly. what's the deal? So they go to uh, Daniel Reese's house, and um, they, uh, they talk to him about the watch, because it has from LB to DR is what's uh, um, written on the watch. And mm-hmm. they tell him that they think that Lindsay had a fornication partner. Um, and there are only three DRs who work at the prison. Yeah, um, and so, you know, right off the bat, Dan is very cagey about it, and he just suggests that, oh, so they have two other people to work on, basically saying that they're wasting their time Because he has a wife and him. kids. Oh, right, yeah, and that too. Um, but, as we all know, that's never stopped anyone from, uh, you know... No, especially not in this show. Um, yes. There are, yes. If you were to believe this show, a majority of people are not monogamous. Um, Correct. Which, you know... I think that people in real life probably cheat more than I think because I'm always – whenever I hear of anyone cheating, I'm always like kind of – I'm very puritanical about that. It's kind of like, geez, like the most basic contra- contract you have with your partner you're breaking. But um, it is definitely uh, – definitely happens more than I like to think probably. Um, right. And so while this whole conversation is happening, your boy Dan Reese is just crushing some fucking haagen or some Ben & Jerry's right there on the thing, mm-hmm. on, the, on the porch. And he's doing it with a very nice spoon that looks a little familiar. Yes, it has the same writing on it as the spoon that was used as the weapon to kill uh, Lindsay Bishop. And Monk immediately clocks that, and he's like, well, okay, we're going to be going now, because he realizes, like, uh... This is the guy. Yeah. And so they're walking away, and uh, they're about to leave, and sure enough, some gunshots. The chopper starts this thing. Um, Yeah. He pulls the biscuit from the oven. He's on the roof... With a rifle shooting at him. He got up there real fucking quick. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so he starts shooting at him, and like I mentioned previously, guy needs to work on his marksmanship. Yeah. Because um, he's got three targets, and he can't hit any of them. Yeah. Uh, Although so shooting all... at distance is a lot harder than movies make it out to seem. Like, a majority of shots over more than, like, 50 feet never hit. Um, but still, Okay, fine. No, I'm not, I'm not saying he's... I'm not saying one of the shots should have hit. However, I will say in most film and television, marksmanship is much... Is portrayed much easier than it is in real life. Like most people, like back in the day when they had trench warfare, if you were shooting at someone from like across a trench, most people never killed anyone because it's almost impossible to hit someone from that far away. Anyway, um, so he's shooting at him, and thankfully Jack stole Monk's gun, um, and he's shooting yeah. back at him. Yeah, 
But eventually he runs out of ammo, and obviously we know, or actually, and so Dan, he's got he's got some clips. He's he's like KG, you know, he's loading them up. Uh, he's got some silencer joints, some Uzis. Uh, do you know what I'm talking about? What? No, I don't. There's that famous clip of Kevin Garnett like getting ready for a playoff game. Oh, right, yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're talking about. And he just talks about how he's got bazookas and missiles and silencer joints. Yeah. Um, I, I was gonna say he has more clips than the uh, early 2000s North of Virginia rap scene, but. Fair. Um, uh, oh, that's even better. Thank you. Uh, I was so, gonna say he, he's he's got more clips than uh, Lisa Ann. He's got more clips than America's Funniest Home Videos. <laughs> uh, way to go for the family friendly approach. Um, uh, anyways, so yeah. so yeah, he he took the gun and like they need to they, they need to figure something out and yeah, Natalie left her phone in the car and that's the easiest way to call for some help. Yes. So now you're volunteers. skipping over the here's what happened though. I think that you're you know maybe I don't know if you want, don't want to do it but. The here's what happened does no, no, happen. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, fine. But, like, we should just get all the action out of the way. Right, right. You're fair. Yeah, yeah. Because it's hard yeah. to describe uh, action, um, which is yes. why it's seen instead of described. Right. Uh, well, anyway, so, yeah. Um, but basically, it's, it's pretty simple. Um, the here's what happened now are a lot more abbreviated than they were previously because, yes. obviously, we know it's not the – that's not the draw of the show anymore. Yeah. Um, but basically – Dan Dan Reese and Lindsay Bishop were having an affair and we don't know why it was going south or why he wanted it but she needed to die uh, mm-hmm. maybe she was going to come out to the wife uh, who knows um, so he got he set up Shiv and Jack remarks that he, Shiv was an easy mark because he's kind of an idiot mm-hmm. um, so he gave him like the sterling silver spoon uh, right? yeah it, well no he, no he didn't give him the spoon he killed her with the spoon um, he killed her with the spoon. But he gave, but he, he, get- he, he dug out the tunnel and told him about it and did all that. Yeah. Um, and so he basically got, had... Shiv was supposed to be the guy coming out on the other side of the mm-hmm. tunnel. Now, my question is, was he going to get the extra prison sentence for killing Lindsay? Like, no. He, the, the idea was that he was to shoot him. Oh, okay. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, he killed Lindsay. He stuffed her back... Or, sorry. Dan killed Lindsay, stuffed her back in the car, went about his way... Then, obviously, we know that Jack uh, took the place of Shiv uh, in escaping, and so he was the one that came out on the other side of the tunnel, and obviously, Lindsay was already dead by then, so he didn't kill her. We know that Dan did. And, um, and yeah, I mean, it didn't matter to Dan, really, like, who was going to be the person, mm-hmm. in a way, like, a patsy's a patsy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of it, right? Like, yep. there isn't much to it? Yep, and so then they give, they get Jack the keys, and Jack gets into the car, and uh, instead of getting Natalie's purse... He uh, gets that car in reverse, and it looks like he's going to be on the next flight to Paraguay. Yeah, he's going to Asuncion, um, or so we think. But then he just swings right around and and hits him with the car and mm-hmm. saves the day. You know, he saves his half brother, his half bro, and and Natalie. So yep. And so then we uh, see the uh, wrap up bit where apparently uh, Dan confessed everything when he woke up. And uh, mm-hmm. they do have to add a little time to Jack's sentence, which reminds me of a fun fact I saw a couple days ago. Is that do you know in Mexico, escaping from prison doesn't add anything to your se- your sentence because they le- they it's legally established that people want to be free. So you, if you pl- plot to escape from prison, you it, with a- unless you commit a crime, a other crime on the way, yeah, it, d- yeah. it doesn't add to your prison sentence, which I think is honestly fair because no one. Wants I to think it is. I think it is, and I think like honestly, in a way, like. If you get away from prison, like that's remarkable. I feel like it is. Uh, unless you're like a truly piece of shit person yeah. and you don't deserve to be free, um, you know, I'm kind of like I'll give you daps for that. Yeah, exactly. Good job. Um, and do, you know, and you can just live a normal life 
and just live, be, never be caught again, unless, of course, you know, you see a sorority house at Florida State and you can't help yourself. Anyway, it's always gotta come oh back to that. I think about it all oh. the fucking time! He couldn't help oh himself! My. Anyway, so, uh... Is this Ted Bundy? Yeah, Ted Bundy, he escaped from prison! He was gone! No one knew where he was for a month! And he was like, ah, I can't not kill people. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, then Jack comes out to say goodbye, um, and, uh, you know, they, they have they have a hug. Yeah. Um, they have a hug, and, you know, Monk tells him that he's proud of being his brother, and, uh, and he's proud of what he did, of, mm-hmm. of how he saved them. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he's, he's, he's going back to the car, and, oh no, yeah, he gets put back into the car, and he's getting taken back to prison. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Disher, we see that he, uh, he misplaced an item, and, uh, you know, I have a feeling that Jack's stay in prison won't be that much longer. Yes, he misplaced his handcuff keys. Um, and, uh, yeah, it looks like Jack's gonna get out of prison. Um, what do you give this upside out of 10? I gave it an 8 out of 10. I gave it an 8 as well. While I would prefer it be more on the murder, I think that this one has, the stuff that's not murder stuff is good. Like, I like the interplay between the two of them, and I think that you yeah. get to, um, that, Jack, I, I think it's interesting how Jack is messed up in incredibly different ways from Monk, but it, they're from the same cause. Like, it's like, if you had Monk's mom and Jack Sr. left, you'd end up with Adrian. And if you had uh, Jack Jr.'s mom and Jack Sr. left, you end up with... You know what I mean? It's like it's like the, the trauma is what caused them to go off the rails, and what they did instead is the result of the, what makes them different, you know? Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Um, you can follow the show at Strictly Monk, and Andre, we can follow you. You can follow me at the Jake Christie. And you can follow me at Andre Barrera. Um, please tune in later this week uh, as we talk about... Oh, oh rate, subscribe, etc., 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 sorry. Share the show, etc. But tune in later this week as we talk about Mr. Monks on wheels. Let's get monkey!